All right, don't go to sleep on me yet because we got about 35, 45 minutes of some power-packed message, Word of God, that God's already spoken up me, and He's preached to me, and I've gone over this sermon like I always do multiple times and looked at it and twisted it and turned it and flipped the pages and highlighted and pinned and marked. And it's just like, now it's just like, Lord, here's the mouth, here's the breath, here's the lungs, here's the heartbeat, just use it. I'll get out of the way, but we got to have the Word of God. It is what cuts, it's what pierces us, it opens up our heart, it kind of lances and opens up and butterflies open the wound maybe, maybe it hurts a little bit, but some of us need to kind of get some junk out of that little wound that we have. We need to lance it, we need to get that out, and I'm not going to go there anymore because that's gross. But we need to get that mess out of our heart, out of our life, so that God can then come in and heal and mend the wound and the broken hearted. Amen. All right, let me just touch on a few things, just a few little things that I wanted to talk about uh, before I get started in this lesson today. So if y'all could reset that clock for me, I'd appreciate it. All right. We definitely we wanna we wanna it's okay. Oh, they did it. All right. So we definitely want to welcome anytime you're a first time guest, if you're the first time here at Covenant Church, we welcome you. We welcome those that are watching online. Sorry for those that couldn't make it today. Pastor Pate spoke to those today. Also, in front of you is a QR code that if you want to scan that, you can kind of give us some information. And uh, there's also one in the foyer. You can download our app. All right, uh, building progress. Just give me the updates that we have. Uh, signage has shipped. It's not here yet, but it's on the way from Alabama. Spoke with Travis and Vicki. Uh, we look to see that here in the next few days of the, the beginning of this week. Uh, we did find a concrete... Uh, man, job, guy, whatever you want to call him, and he has, we've locked him in, and uh, Spencer, who is our head guy for this building project, they're out of town, uh, they actually left this morning at 7 a.m. going on vacation, they'll be gone for a week, he gets back, we'll be cutting, tearing out, and we have found, thankfully, the concrete man, because what's it all about? <laughs> foundation, foundation. So that will be moving along quickly. If you, if, uh, one of the uh, first steps we had to do was we, uh, we, you'll notice that the air conditioners outside have been moved. They've moved those down. We had to pay for that and get that done. They've been relocated, so the outside units are now out of the way. Now the building can be built in the spot where they were at. All right. Uh, also, if it's your first time here, we would love to point you in, in the direction of a next step. And if it's a... Maybe you've been coming for a few Sundays and a few weeks and you don't really know what I need to do next. Where do I go from here? You can meet someone over here in this room or talk to someone out in the foyer. There'll be greeters out there in the foyer to talk to you about our next steps and what we, that all that involves and what that includes. All right, last thing. Last week on a Wednesday, I called a men's meeting of just for the men and I uh, asked for all men to stand and I said, hey, I want you to be there. And so we mentioned it Wednesday, and we mentioned it Sunday morning. And so if you weren't there to hear the mention and you didn't know about it, we do have it on a private uh, link to YouTube. If you will just text me personally and say, hey, I need the video. I missed the announcement. I wasn't there. I can send you a YouTube link to a private link on YouTube, and you can watch the meeting that we had with our men. Praise God for 60 men that were in attendance. Amen. <laughs> With the ones that I've sent the video to and the ones that I know are going to text me, we've figured up we've got about uh, close to 100 men in this church, and we're so glad that men are turning their lives to God and that God is setting the captive free. Men, we have to admit, we can't do it all on our own. 
Now, we think we can. We think we can build a retaining wall, pour a slab, frame up some walls. We, could, we, we don't call for help. Somebody, another man says, hey, call me if you need me. What are we going to do? Never call him. Why? Because it shows weakness. We never call for help until we're buried in something and we're like, hey, can you help dig me out of this mess I'm in? So men, I'm so proud of you for each and every man who has been in attendance uh, this, these past few months are getting stronger and stronger. We've got a lot out on vacation today and a lot that have been uh, calling in sick. So pray for those that are on vacation. Pray for them to have safe travels home. We want them to get back to us safely. And those that are sick, we pray for you. We pray for our church family. We want to see you back here very quickly. All right, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so blessed by your presence. We thank you, Lord, for what you've already done, what you're going to do in this service. We thank you, Lord, for lives being changed. We thank you, Lord, that we can be continually better through you. We thank you, Lord, that you raise us up and restore us. We are so grateful, God, for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you shed your blood. You came to earth. You died for us. And you shed your blood so that we could be saved. We will never, ever, ever forget the sacrifice that you made for us. And right now, Lord, we want to say it's all glory to you, Lord. All glory to God for everything that happens, for every life that has changed, for every marriage that is put back together, for every heart that is restored, for every sickness that is made well. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and glory and honor. And we praise you with a hand clap right now. Praise and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, and I want to read to you just a few scriptures as we get into the Word of God. And I know many of you don't bring your Bibles anymore. That's totally fine. Nobody's here to guilt you on that. But if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me in the actual paper pages. But if not, we have screens that will have the Word of God up here where you can read along with me. Matthew chapter 4. Verses 18 through 21, I will read this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I want to preach to you for a few moments today on the title of Answer the Call. Answer the Call. Can you imagine what it felt like to have two strong, young, capable men that are working with you and for you? This is my case right now. As I say this, I'm thinking, my boys, we, we have a, there's a business that we run. I'm not going to get into that. But they work hard. And for them to maybe come to me and say, hey, <clears throat> a man named Jesus just came by the house, and he said, come follow me. And we're going. So what, 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 what uh, hold up, hold up, time out, time out. What are we going to be able to do about next week's work? He called us, and we're leaving. What, what's go, what, what did he say? What's going on? Can you imagine the conversation? Sorry, Dad. We out. <laughs> we're tired of fishing anyway. <laughs> this is boring. We're not even catching that much. 
And he said, he's going to make us fishers of men. And that sounds a lot more interesting to me. So sorry, Dad. We out. We gone. Can you imagine the feeling and the conversations? I mean, there's probably some anger. Like, I cannot believe you left me stranded with this. You left me high and dry. What are you doing to me? You're putting me and your mother in a bind. All your sisters, your family, what are we going to do? God will make a way, Dad. But it is time to answer the call. There is something special when you begin to get in tune with the voice of God. When you are in tune with the voice of God, there's something happens. There's something miraculous that can happen with you and your life. And it's hard to understand. It's hard to put it into words. But this is the way I will do it. If men and women, you're married, you've got a significant other, maybe it happens with a best friend, and you call them and you say, hey, I was thinking about maybe doing this this evening. Stop. I was thinking the same thing. Or you'll text somebody something and they'll say, I was literally thinking the same thing. And you begin to get in tune with someone here in the flesh, okay? And so this is somebody you're close to, you're, you're really tight with. Maybe you love them with all your heart. So my wife and I sometimes will text each other and I'll just send, this is what I'll send back to her now. We've got a little emoji that we use. And it's, I use the radio with the antenna. And when she sees that, she knows, I'll say, we're in tune. We're in tune. So sometimes I'll just text three radios, just and she knows, that's me saying, I'm in tune with you, you're in tune with me. And when we think the same thing, when we're on the same page, I send that radio saying, I'm in tune with you. And there's a closeness that caused that to happen. There's something in our relationship that caused us to happen, caused that to happen to where we now are in tune with each other. And there's something special that happens in your spiritual walk. And if you're not there, if you're you are not there and it's not in your heart and you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, I might as well be speaking another language up here. I'm speaking in Greek right now because you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about being in tune with God. It doesn't make sense to me. I, don't, I mean, hey, I come to church every once in a while. I'll crack this Bible open here, here and there. I might say a prayer if I'm sick. I pray over my food at Taco Bell. Lord bless this Taco Bell that it doesn't kill me. I mean, it's, that's my life. That's my spiritual walk with God. I mean, it's literally so shallow and platonic and small. But I'm telling you, if you will seek God, he says, if you will seek me, I can be found. There can be a relationship with me if you will go after me. Any, Any man in here that your wife or your girlfriend just ran to you and said, please take me, you're so handsome and there's nobody, I don't want anybody else to have you. You're so handsome and buff and cut and ripped and I just want you to be my husband so bad. Please, I beg you, please take me. Anybody? Oh, we got one. And we thank the Lord that he forgives us of lying. He's so, such a graceful Lord and God. No, there's not a man in here that didn't go after your wife. I've heard stories. I heard one recently where the man was saying, man, she didn't like me at first. She, she just didn't like me. She didn't, we, just, we got in fights. I mean, I had to kind of... Now, now the truth comes out. The men are like, yeah, I, I, I kind of finagled my way in. You know, I'm kind of, I'm married way higher than my ability. Julio has a way of putting it, but I don't, I don't remember how he says it. But he, basically he's saying, I got a catch. 
I have a catch. She was a great catch. We promise ladies to work hard and provide and be the men that we need to be. Thank you for having us. It probably should have been us begging, saying, please take us. Please take us. There's something so special that happens, though, when you are in tune with God. And I, I know I've talked about that for a few minutes. I just want you to really get a hold of this fact that when you're in tune, you hear things. There, things can happen where it's, it's unspoken, like you, you begin to literally hear the voice of God. And it's that still, small voice that's speaking in your mind and in your heart saying, don't do that. You know better. You just read about that in my word. I know that you remember the sermon two weeks ago. I know that you remember last night and celebrate recovery. I know. Don't you pretend and play like you don't remember in men's Bible study. And now I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to prompt you. I'm going to let your mind recollect. I'm going to let your mind work. And I'm going to be in tune with you. And I'm going to speak to you in the spirit. And I'm going to let you remember what you need to be doing and what you don't need to be doing. Amen? And when we, we begin to get in tune with God, and we begin to listen to that, and if you listen to the voice of God, He will direct your paths, and He will make those crooked paths to be straight. Amen? Because in a crooked path, we waste a whole lot of time. I mean, the quickest to a point A to point B is a straight line. And we love just to just get off the path, and we love to just circle around and circle back. And go in circles and backpedal. I mean, we're just, it's like we're doing a dance. I mean, I'm thinking about like a line dance. They're like this and there, and they're doing this. While our our friend who's got their mind and their focus on God, it's like, yeah, I'm going. God, I am there. And and, and where are you at? Oh, you're back there doing a line dance. If you if you'd quit two-stepping and bebopping and and hokey pokeying and whatever you're doing and get over here with me, we're going somewhere. Amen. Last Sunday, we begin to, I, I taught you about knowing there is an objective that is put before you and completing the objective. In order to complete the objective, you will need to be in constant communication with God. And so something that I learned about in my studies in the career path that I'm in, and I know that there's many of you that are in the military, there's police officers, there's retired police officers, or maybe it wasn't even in that, it was just in an area in a line of work where you needed the three C's of communication, which are clear, concise, and consistent. So if we're going to be in tune with God, if we're going to have good communication, we have got to have clear communication, concise communication, and constant communication, consistent communication. Clear, concise, consistent. Because without that, our communication becomes garbled, and it becomes too much. And we want to say a whole, God says, go. He's very concise. He's very straight to the point. He says, go into all the world and seek those that are lost and, and just go get them and just bring them to me. But God, but, and what, and if, and who, what, where, where, why, and how. And let me be clear. Clear, concise, and I will be Consistent and say it again. Go get the lost. Bring them here. Are you lost? Go get yourself by the belt loop and drag yourself 
and you, and you come to me. Let's get you right. And then go get everybody around you and bring them to me. Bring them to the love of the Father. Bring them to the one who can heal the heart, heal the brokenhearted, who can mend, who can raise us up. Amen? There is a war for your soul. There is a war for your soul. And in battle, communication is so key. If we need to get a specific message to someone on an outside flank of a line, and we need to tell them to stop, we need to tell them to wait, we have got to be careful in that communication. If you're the general and you're speaking to the officer in charge of this whole platoon, you've got to make sure that you're, that you're operating in the three C's of communication. It's got to be very, very clear they need to be concise, and it needs to be consistent, and it needs to be a consistent way of communication where it's like, hey, you know, a lot of times, if we want to go back to the spiritual side, I'll, I'll read my Bible, and then uh, I'll read it in the morning times, and then, and then sometimes I, I, I just ask God, hey, God, whatever you got. I mean, it's not really consistent. Find a consistent way in communication with God. Get in a habit. Get in a routine of well, my alarm went off. It's time to read my Bible. Okay, well, my alarm is uh, setting, it's going off right now because it's time for me to put my cell phone down and stop watching Facebook watch, watch videos, or what, out of, how do you, what do you call it? Reels, Facebook Reels. I'm glad I can't remember all this stuff. It's kind of showing that maybe I don't do it as much, as much, let me be honest, as much. Because it's, man, it's so easy. You watch a video. Oh, that was funny. Wonder what the next one's going to be. Oh, that was funny. Oh, my God. I'm going to text that to my buddy. Man, you ain't believe this. This dude decided to ramp a BMX motorcycle or off of a building. I mean, the craziest stuff ever. Oh, watch this guy. They're out in the boat, and, and the boat just flips over. It's just crazy. It's, and you just, you're just, it's addictive because you're like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Can I tell you, I have found a new love in the Word of God where I can say like, what's next? What's next? Right now I'm in 1 Kings and I've read it multiple times. But I still like to read about how this king did this and he received this blessing and then this king did this and he received this curse. And you start to be like, man, if I could have been back there, if I could have been your buddy... I could have gone to you and said, hey, man, if you'll turn back, and here you are right now, I can tell you what's coming up. And that's how, that's how pastoring is, and that's how it is with your friends and your family. You're looking at them, you're going, oh, man, stop. Hit your knees and begin to pray to God and give your heart to Him because I know what's coming. I know what's coming. That's why it is so imperative that we go out and we get them and bring them to God. It's imperative that we do these things. Communication is key in the battle. There is a war for your soul, and you've got to be in constant communication with God. You've got to be in tune with God. So if we look back at Matthew 4 and 19, if they'll throw that up, Jesus says, come follow me. Verse 21 and 22, Jesus called them and immediately they left and followed him 
you have to realize that the longer you wait, the more ground that the enemy will take from you. So he called them and immediately they left. Dad said, hold up. They said, nope, we're gone. We're following this man. This man's going somewhere. We're going to be fishers of men. There's going to be miracle signs and wonders. And we know it. There, was, there had to be more said than just, hey, come follow me. I don't know what all was said. Or if it was just the Spirit of God moving on them so strong. And you may not even realize it for yourself. You're like, I don't even know why I'm raising my hands. I don't even know why I'm feeling this in my heart. But I just feel a calling. I feel a calling in my spirit to just be close to God. And to follow Him. Why are you following God? Well, I'm not sure right now, but I know one thing. I'm a lot better now than I was 24 hours ago. But you have got to be really quick on the draw. You need to be quick. And, and God says, come, and you need to go. He's calling us. Are we going to answer the call? Think about the story. What would, this, what would be written in the Word of God right now about James and Simon Peter and John? He called and they said, we'll get back to you. In the Word of God, you actually read it. So if it was written like this, He called to them and they said, let us pray about it. He called to them and you would read further along that He left them. That's how it would be. I'm hypothetical, hypothetical here. I'm not trying to add or take away from the Word of God. I'm saying if they had not answered, if the, He called and they said, give us some time. You know, there were those that he did call, and they did not heed the call. They didn't answer the call. They didn't, they didn't even respond to the call. And they couldn't do the things that it took to answer the call. You keep praying, God, move in my family. Move in my situation. We'll pray that prayer. We'll say that prayer. God, please help me in my situation. I need you to help me in my situation. And then God calls you. He's calling, and you send him to voicemail. You send him to voicemail. And God says, you prayed, you sought, and you're seeking after me. And it's like God's literally calling you, and you hit that little side button, and you go, voicemail. Listen, listen to my voicemail, God. It says, I'm unavailable. I'm unavailable. I don't have time to speak to you. Or maybe... It's as simple as like when someone sends you a text and in a, in a sense, you're leaving God on red. Where I see it, I understand it, and I read it. But I'm not going to act on it. I'm not going to respond to it. I'm going to leave God on red where I know But, and we want to pretend like we can hide from God. Like you can turn your red receipts off. So people don't know that you read your text. For, everybody, there's some people that just got enlightened in here just now. If you don't have your red, it's red, not R-E-D, R-E-A-D, which I read, I was reading, I read your text. Or I sent you a text and you don't have your red receipts turned off. And all of a sudden, I see that you read my text. I know you saw it because your phone tells me you saw it because you don't have your red receipts off. And I see it, and the, and the youth of this, of this world right now, even adults, they'll look at that and go, okay, he read it. I'm expecting a response. I'm waiting. Okay, what's your answer? 
Not even going to answer me. Not even going to. Don't you know God is speaking and calling. He's saying answer the call. He's speaking to us. And he hears your cry. And he's speaking to you. This is things that we've prayed for. And we've asked for. And we don't like the answer. Where are we going to go eat tonight? And you see the text. Uh, I was thinking we, everybody, everybody, the whole group wants to go eat Mexican food tonight. I'm not even responding to that text. I'm not going to respond to that text. They know I hate Mexican food. I am not going to respond to that text. They know that I specifically said last week that I want to go eat steak on next Friday night. And they're, they're doing that on purpose. They're doing that on purpose. They're doing that to get back at me. They don't, and you're reading so much into this. Listen, we're all in alignment going to heaven Doing our dead level best to not go to the side and follow a path of sin. And that's where the church body, the kingdom of God is going. We're all going to eat Mexican food. We're all going to heaven. We're all going. We've all got in our mind, where are we going? And that's where we're going. So when you look at the communication, when you hear the communication from God and you read the Word of God and He says, you need to give your heart to me completely. You need to repent and turn away from sin. You need to turn away from sin, not turn and come back to it. You need to, get it out. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You need to be full of my spirit for when I call everyone home with the sound of the trumpet. That's what you've got to do. I need you to do these things. I need you to do this. And you look at it and you read it and you're smart and you read it and you understand it. But then you left it on red. And you don't want to respond. How? I don't want to respond. I don't want to respond. I don't, I don't want to. Because you, you're getting into my personal space, God. You, you're wanting me to do something. And I'm not a, I don't follow, I don't want to be a part of that group think, that whole church. It's, I mean, you lie to, people will lie and lie and lie to themselves. It's a cult. They're, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? They're just doing it because their granddaddy did it. They're just doing it because their friends are doing it. No, this is why we do this. God's word was before the creation of man. It will be at the end when everybody is destroyed. And everyone else that was smart and listened is saved and with hev- in heaven with their Lord and Savior and the rest of everything else is destroyed and thrown into a pit of burning sulfur and fire where the Bible says there'll be weeping and gnashing and teeth where the worm dieth not. So don't think, well, I'll just go and burn up and it'll be over with real quick and it'll be over. No, it's an eternity of damnation in hell, fire, and brimstone. We cannot ever, ever, ever get past the fact that that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with eternity. So quit sending God the voicemail. Quit leaving Him on red. Some of us are operating in this sense where we're, we're in do not disturb mode. Don't dis- I, have, I put that on at my phone at 10 o'clock. Boom. Do not disturb. I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to feel it. In the morning, I'll answer your call. So don't ever, ever, ever get to the place where spiritually you are in do not disturb mode. God, I'll come to you when I want to come to you. Quit disturbing me. Quit stirring me up. You remember the sermon where we need to be stirred up. 
constantly, constantly stirred in the Spirit. If I'm not stirred in the Spirit, then everything that's in me that needs to be stirred up is starting to settle and settle and fall down, down, down and be rock hard on the bottom. And we will, in turn, be rock hard in our hearts. We will be so cold. Men, we won't be able to love. We won't be able to speak loving, kind words to our family. And you ask yourself... What are some of the signs that I'm not living for God like I need to live for God? Well, just go into your Bible and read the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of a tree. A tree grows, it's up, it's big, and then there's fruit that comes off of it and drops down. It's what is made from this because of this tree. So the fruit of the Spirit, if you are living with God and Christ is living with you and you have the Spirit, there will be fruit. There will be things that come out of you and off of you. Are you joyful? Do you have mercy? Do you have patience? Do you have self-control, men and women? If you don't have these things, if you can't say that I don't have these things, I have zero of the fruits of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. So do you have the Spirit? I have no fruits of the Spirit. It's like saying, I'm an apple tree. Look at me. Where are your apples? Uh, I, I drop uh, garlic. I have garlic. But you're telling everybody, I'm an apple tree. Look at me. I, I, uh, golden crisp honey apples. That's me. You, don't, you smell like garlic. And you stink. And you also seem like you have like, like a, a kind of oniony type. You, and we, it's like wild onions growing up underneath your tree. Like where did those come from? You must have been dropping onion seeds or something. Or, there's this odor. There's a smell. There's a, there's a, there is a fruit that's coming from you. How in the world did I get off on that? I'm going to tell you what. It's important. However we got there, just take it in because it's not in these notes. This is what happens every time. Thank you, Lord, that you can take control and just say, this needs to be said for somebody here today, and I'll raise my hand right now. That's for me right there. That's for me. What kind of fruit is coming out of this? I need it to be the fruit of the Spirit. Five things I want to talk to you. So if you got your phone, pull out your phone and just get to your notes. And you can just type in five things when I get to them. And you'll remember them. And I know you will. And you can think about this all throughout the week. Five reasons to answer the call. Number one, He loves you. Can you remember back a long time ago when you would answer the call of your husband or your wife. And it was so sweet and so nice and hopefully it wasn't a long time ago maybe it was just the last time they called you and like, hey how you doing I love you and it's like oh hey boss can I go home <laughs> I, I was I was leave work right now because I just we, we go out and I just want to take my wife out or my girlfriend out on a date and just to hear those words first thing I love you the other night when we were dealing with a situation late at night 1 30 in the morning in a dirt pit and praying with somebody, and I come to this man, and I see him, he's on the ground, and I thought he was dead. The reason we went there to where he was at is because we thought he had committed suicide, and I went directly to him, I was able to get from him on the phone, his location, and so when I went to his location, and I found him in the dirt, my wife said, oh, I can't even look, I think, he's, I think he might be dead, and I said, well, 
I got to go look. I got to go check. And he wasn't. Thankfully, God has spared his life and he, he was alive. And the first thing I did was I just got down on my knees and I picked him up and I leaned him up on me because he was flat on his back. And I leaned him towards me and I said, man, I love you, man. I love you. God loves you. And that is the first thing any of us need to hear right off the bat because we all fail we all stumble and when that happens you need your brother sometimes it's going to be you saying I need somebody to love me and then other times it's going to be you giving the love and you need to give the love that somebody gave to you you need to be the one who's giving the love so right off the bat the one reason you need to answer this call when you get this call God is wanting to say to someone today no matter what, your worst mistake in your life, I love you. And if you don't believe me, God, God's speaking. God's saying, if you don't believe me, go in here and read the worst of the worst. And know that I took the worst of the worst, the ones that everybody wanted to forget about and sweep under the rug and forget and cast away and mark their name out from history forever. I took that man and I made him a king. I took that person. I, I took that one and I made a ruler. I took that one and I made a witness, a disciple for me. And I did it for them and I will do it for you. But God, I mean, I'm really, I'm really good at sinning. I'm, I'm the worst of the worst. I mean, I got a name for myself here in Cherokee County. I mean, the sheriff's office knows my name. I got an inmate number. I've got th I mean, I've got a number assigned to me from a federal penitentiary. I've got some things in my life. So, there's people here right now that God has made continually better, and he has raised them up, and he has changed their life. But at one time in their life, hey, at one time in their life, it was like, what, who are you? Well, I'm inmate number 457812. 457812, need to come to the front office. 457812, come to the front. Someone has uh, graciously blessed you with $40 into your commissary. I mean, it's, it's that, it was that life. And you, oh, man, y'all got $40. I'm going to get some Snicker bars and a Coke today. That was, that, that was the joy in their life at that time. That's it. That's all they had to live for was like, man, that's it. I have nothing to live for right now. I am locked up, and I am I'm having to pay for my sins. The world wants to assign you a number, but God wants to put a name, a name on you. And it's not the name that was given to you. It is His name, the name above all names. And when you operate in that name, Demons have to flee. Sickness has to flee. And joy will roll in like a flood. Amen? Number two, to get direction. Number one, I need to answer the call because I know that God loves me. He loves me. Number two, to get direction. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans, plans to prosper you, to give you hope. And a future. He says, I know the plans. Let's look at this. He says, I know. I know. Many of us want to read this and say, I know like it's me. No, I know. Not the plans that you know. Not the plans that you think you know. I know the plans. I'm the one who is the architect and the builder of your life. Let me be in charge. Let me be the one 
who orchestrates and moves things and corrects and chastens and builds up and at times maybe breaks down and at other times builds up. And when you know that God is in control and when you've given Him your full heart and everything that you have, then you begin to rely on Him more and more and more and you believe in God and you know that He knows the plans, not you. Number three, He hears you. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. He's telling us right there, you don't know what you don't even, you can't comprehend what I have for you. God, I'm a sinner. I'm so far from grace. I've fallen so many times. I've fallen so hard and I cannot get up. I cannot get, he's, yes, I know you can't. You're pathetic. You're weak. You're a loser. But with me, you can be more than a conqueror. You can be raised up. I can make you more than you can even think and imagine for yourself. Great and unsearchable things. If I'm living in that attitude, if I'm living in that mindset, and I'm saying, man, great and unsearchable things. How do we search for things now? We search on Google, right? Yeah, we Google it. More than you can even Google and think for yourself. More than you can even say, what is the greatest thing that could happen for me right now? And the computer spits something out, and God says, it's greater and, and more mighty and more powerful than you can even think for yourself. I will show you. He says, I will answer you. And I will show you these great things. Number four, he needs you. Isaiah 43, 1, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So for those of you who feel like you're your own and you've got it together and you handle everything, and the reason the bills got paid this week is because of your work. And the reason that the relationship is what it is is because of all the work that you did and all of the sweat that you put into the company, all of the things that you did. Somebody was there before you. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody, God. Holds the very heartbeat and breath in your body. How were you able to work this week? How were you able to sweat and toil, men? How were you able to put in 55 to 60 hours this week and make that overtime check and to get that extra money because you were alive and God blessed you with life? And we forget sometimes to thank God for the most simple and precious thing, and that's life. And he says, I will give you life. And I will not give you life just so that you can work 60 hours a week and gripe and complain about your job all week long. But I want to give you life so that you can live it and have it and have it more abundantly. More abundantly. So that you can work just 40 hours a week and not spend an extra 20 hours a week away from your family. And so that I can take that blessing that I give you and I can multiply it and change it. And all of a sudden your money's not cursed but it's blessed. And things begin to happen and things fall on your lap and blessings. And you're like, well, we needed a refrigerator. And all of a sudden somebody just says, hey, I don't know why the Lord just moved on me and just decided, to, I just feel like I need to just bless you with this new refrigerator. There are things like that that happen. I will tell you in my own personal life that things begin to just get better. And I would be like, this is unsearchable, like the scripture says. This is unthinkable. What is happening? This doesn't make sense. Things would happen in our family like this doesn't really make sense why somebody would do this 
for me. Or how this deal would work out. Or how all of a sudden I have maybe this piece of property or something would happen. I'm like, this doesn't happen. And so, and you would tell stories. Like I tell a story of how God blessed us with a piece of property. I'm not going to go into it. It's a long story. But when I tell my friends and my coworkers this story, they're like, what? This, it's, that's dumb. Why would that man do that? That doesn't even make sense. Like literally like he, it's almost like he gave you the property. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm just telling you, man. I, and this, It's a God thing. You know, people say, I got a story. It's a God thing. If you don't have God thing stories, you need to check yourself. You need to wake up and say, I just don't have these stories. This stuff Never happens to me. It's like the people that say, I'm just not lucky. I just never win anything. I've never won anything in my life. I don't win. I don't, I'm not lucky. You need to quit getting off the word lucky and start praying for blessed. You need to be blessed. God can change the outlook that's in front of you. He needs you. And so that happens when you're His. When you are the called, chosen of Christ, when you are His called and chosen, guess what? He blesses and He pours blessings and more abundantly on those that are His, His children. Number five. Oh, let me, I skipped the scripture. Matthew 9, 37. The harvest, this is why He needs us. Matthew 9, 37. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So He definitely needs you. Little plug, we need some nursery workers. Little plug, we need some extra people to drive the vans. Okay? We are in, so here's the need. We've got plenty of kids to pick up. We had a donation come in. We're holding on to it. It's there. I am not going to go get a van right now until I have some drivers that can go pick up. School's about to start. We know that. School shopping. We're the other day, me and my wife were out, lots of school shoppers, school shoppers, buying clothes. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I'm like, hey, man, you guys are working. Take your own money. Go buy your own stinking clothes. All right, so the harvest is plentiful. We need people to come to go to Kenneth Haley. You know Kenneth Haley. He's on vacation. The Lord is blessing their fishing trip. I saw Sarah holding up two sharks. She had two sharks. Sarah caught two sharks. And he caught one. So he, thank God for some time to get away. Thank God for that. But listen, you, thank you, Derek and Andrea. You guys are, you, they're, they're taking care of it right now. They're, they're taking care of it while uh, Kenneth and Sarah are gone. Go to Kenneth and Sarah and say, I will help you. Can I drive the van and pick up kids every week? No, I can't. But I tell you what, I'll do it once a month. I'll, I can help you once every two months. You don't have any idea how much of a blessing that is. I'm serious. I need some of us to go do this. And I'm not asking you to do anything that I and my wife have not done and will do if it comes down to it. But we have done this. I have driven that van. We had a bus and I have driven buses. I have driven vans. We will do whatever it takes. So we're definitely big on not asking anyone to do anything that we have not done for ourselves. We have, I have cleaned the urinals. I have put out chairs. I have picked up kids in a van down by a river. Just kidding. All right. 
If you drive far enough here down around Alto, you will pick up kids in a van down by the river. And you will bring them to church and their lives will be changed. So the workers are few. So don't be counted in the, in the majority where you don't do anything. You don't volunteer. You don't help out. You're just not, you're like, I just don't do that. Stop asking. Stop trying to guilt me. I'm not going to do that. I just don't do that. I go to church. That's enough. Well, it sounds to me like there was just a call. The phone's ringing. Like, it's ringing. There's kids. If you can see it like this, there's kids that are like, I, I need a ride to church. I need a ride to church. I need, if we could have just voices coming in, voices, and all of a sudden it's like 800 kids just speaking, I need a ride to church. I need a ride. Somebody pick up the phone, man. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I will sacrifice. I will get to church early. I will leave late. Why? There's 15 kids that I was able to just go out there and drive around, pick them up. And then I'm here and I'm praying for them. Lord, I don't even know what they need. I don't know their situation. I don't know what hell that they live in at home. And God, just make a way where there is no way. We need you, Lord, to be their provider in Jesus' name. There is a call that is going out. Answer the call. Number five, the last thing. He is for you. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But you have to answer the call. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But what have we got to do? We've got to answer. We've got to answer the call. There are some that need to add God back to their contact list. You need to put Him back in your contacts. You have deleted Him from your contacts. So the call comes in. The call comes to you. The call is going out. He's calling for us. And in your spirit, you're like, I don't even know what I'm hearing right now. Who is that? I don't recognize that voice. I hear a voice. I think I feel something. But I'm not even really sure what I'm feeling. I'm not sure what I'm hearing. Because I hadn't been in contact with God. Matter of fact, I deleted Him out of my contact list. And so... This is exactly what happens when this phone rings and it's a number I don't recognize. And I look at that and go, I don't know who that is. I'm busy. They're calling back again. Uh, I, I don't, honey, do you have this number? Do you know this number? Ah, and, and, and it could be that. It's husband don't have the number. Wife don't have the number. Husband don't have the number. Wife don't have the number. Don't have the number. Doesn't, doesn't have the number. And I don't know. I don't know. Kids, we don't have the number. We were hoping you would have the number. All of our contacts on our phone, Mom and Dad, we got our contacts from you. You told us, Dad. Dad, you told us we can't have contacts in our phone unless you look at them and you approve them. And it's somebody that you know, Dad. I don't know him. I don't know him for how I should know him. I don't have a relationship with God. I just go to, I just go to church. 
Well, that's what we do, Dad. We just do what you do. We're following you. I know I say the same things a lot, but it's, we can't overcomplicate what this is and what happens and what we do and the, and the things that we get. We do this, we get this. We do this, we get this. We do this, we get this. But then we start to wonder, why am I getting this? Because you did this. Do we need to do that all again? No. I don't want to get this. So I need to stop doing this. But I can't stop doing this. I can't. I, you're right. Now, we've got to stop this circling back and this circular process of, God, I need your grace. 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 And he's wanting to just jump in there and just like put a, a, a metal rod in the spoke of your wheel and cause you to wreck your little old bicycle and flip over. Anybody ever do that to a kid, a, friend, a, a good friend of yours? You know, maybe a really good friend. You're like, oh, I saw somebody do this. I'm fixing to try it. And you got a little old rod and you're going beside him. You go, thump. And all of a sudden that wheel just goes, bow. And you just flip them off their bike. Anybody ever done that? Yeah, come on, Jamie. Jamie, I see you laughing over there. Anybody else? Raise your hand high. We want to know who the jokesters and the pranks. John Raffield, a police officer. <laughs> You're like, I've done it. I'm raising my hand. I've done it. I had some, some ways about me. See, there's that God can change your life. So God is wanting right now to be like that where he throws something in your little old your spokes and flip you and turn you upside down for a second. God, I need your grace. God, I need your grace. Boy, my life is going so smooth. I, see, I just need that grace. And as long as it keeps coming back around and coming back and around, stop. Stop needing my grace and go after deliverance. God, I need deliverance. God, I need deliverance because I want to quit relying on your grace and your grace. And forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. For the rest of my life, forgive me. Why do I need to keep forgiving you over and over and over in your life? Because I, I just can't really commit to you, God, for longer than for about a week. I love you, God. I mean... It's in my own marriage. I mean, I cannot live and be married and be happily married and have life and have it more abundantly if I say, baby, I'm sorry. Baby, I'm sorry. Baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finally, she says, change. Stop needing to say you're sorry all the time and literally change your life. And if you will change then guess what? I will change. The reason many spouses, and I'll say men and women here, don't open up and bloom and blossom and flower and be like a tree dropping fruit and having fruit that comes from them is because they are constantly in a battle of giving grace, giving grace, giving grace. And there's no deliverance in the marriage. There's no delivering from Sin. There's not been a deliverance from the things that so easily beset us. Easily. So we've got to have something strong and powerful and mighty. So number five, He is for you. I said that. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, if you're wondering what that scripture is. But we've got to answer the call. He's calling. 
But we got to recognize the number. I want to share with you just a brief story that I'll explain to you. And I want to put a picture up here in just a second, not just yet. But back in World, World War II, there was a huge need for safe communication and secret communication. There was a World War I veteran. His name was Philip Johnston. Philip Johnston proposed an idea. Philip Johnston was a, a son of a missionary, and he grew up on a Navajo reservation on a reservation, Indian reservation, and he proposed an idea. This was not the first time this had been used in World War I. They had used the Choctaw language, and I'm not so sure. I didn't do enough research on that to find out why it didn't exactly work for them. But in World War II, the Navajo Indian tribe, and I want to put a picture up here right now. These are the men that were used, and they're all Navajo Indians. Okay? And I want to pull out some points about what, happened here and these men were used their language was used to communicate safe safely with troops through radio traffic that's the radio traffic is being intercepted by the enemy they needed safe communication they needed secret communication don't you know that there are things that happen groanings that happen in the spirit realm when you're praying and you're praying to God and you begin to pray in the Spirit and the enemy is saying, I know something's happening. I know that there's something happening with a man on his knees and he's praying to God, but I don't know what he's saying. And I don't know what's going on right now, but there's some groanings. There's some spiritual things happening right now with this man. And I hear it and I know something's happening and he's being affected and he's being affected and he's getting direction Clear direction, concise direction, and consistent direction. And he's beginning to make moves. And he is beginning to move in on my territory. And he is beginning to attack me. And I don't know where the attack's coming from. And I don't understand how they're so good at knowing where we're at. I don't know how they're so good at being able to surprise us and kick us when we're down. It's because they were speaking a language that the enemy did not understand. They were speaking in a Navajo language that only another Navajo Indian could understand. And these men helped to win this war, the war, because they were speaking a language that the enemy did not understand there is so powerful in this thought right here and what God is calling us to do and he's calling us today to be tied in with him so close and so tight that we understand with him the language we have a language with God a heavenly language we can be blessed with the Holy Spirit and we could be speaking a heavenly language and he can move in and flood in on you and move in your heart and you can begin to communicate with God in a mighty and a powerful way amen so I want to bring out a couple of points about how these men were used in, in some of their past. So they didn't look like everybody else. They didn't come from where everybody else came from. They're not just off the street, okay? They're on a reservation. They're with their people. They're with other Navajo tribe. They're from a different tribe. They're cut from a different mold. They have a different background. They have a whole other language. So I'm going to tell you right now, it's important who your tribe is. 
It's important what tribe you are around and who you hang around with and who you are with. It's important. And then know this, that even though you don't look like everybody else, even though the world may put a, a stamp on you where you're, you look like somebody else, you look funny, you sound funny, we don't understand your language, I'm telling you, God can use you in a mighty way. They took these men, they plucked them off the reservation. And when I say that, I think of another thing. Some of us are off the reservation. And you've heard that saying before. You've gone off the reservation. You have left God. You have left your church people. You have left your church family. You may still be coming to church. But in your heart and in your mind, you're not here. You have checked out. You're in attendance. You come to church. But you're not here in the spirit. And you're not where you need to be in your spirit. So let's not go off the reservation. But God, our, our man took them and removed them from that reservation and took those men and trained them and they began to speak to each other. And they began to speak to each other and they were able to communicate secret plans, safe plans. These plans were the kind of plans that could surprise the enemy. Amen? Praise him if you would come on up. What they had been using and the communication that they had been using was very, very slow and dangerous. So the way they were communicating in the old way, in the way that they had always done, was very slow and very dangerous. They spoke in code, and so they had code books. They had uh, different machines, numbers, letters, and the ones on the battlefield that needed to say, they're out there saying, we're getting bombed right now. We're getting overrun by troops. We need to call in an aerial attack. Well, okay. Speak that to us in a code. Speak this to us in a code. We're, we're, we need help right now. Well, it's going to take a couple of hours to get this code and break that code. And it's slow and it's dangerous. God needs to be given the green light by you to be able to move in your situation immediately. Jason Ray, when you needed help, it was in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I need you right now. Now those words are easily said. The words are easily said. But how much have I been saying and how much have I been talking with Jesus? Does He know my voice? Does He hear my prayer? Does He hear my prayer? Does He know my voice? Have I been in constant communication? I can be clear and I can be concise. But has it, has it been consistent? The three C's. So have I been in here consistently? Day after day. Consistently. Day after day. Why do I do this? I don't know. Why am I doing this? I'm going to need something one day. I'm going to need to have to call out to Jesus. I'm going to need to have to call out for you or my family or, or my friends. I'm going to be in a dirt pit somewhere and I'm going to need some something to be with me. When I say in the name of Jesus, I command every evil spirit to come out of this man in the name of Jesus. I'm going to need that. You're going to need that. I'm going to need the name of Jesus to move in and work fast and furiously for me. So that's got to be consistent communication consistent and so the words are easily spoken we say this all the time in East Texas we'll say well man uh, 
and we talk like this. My wife and I, she said, hey, let's build a pool. We, we, we can build a pool. And I'm like, well, the easy part's done. We talked about it. We can talk and run our mouth all day long. Jesus, I need you. Jesus says, what? Jesus, I need you. Who are you? Jesus, I need you. I haven't heard from you since the last time when you needed me, which was about 10 years ago. I spoke with a man the other day and I said, man, I'm telling you what, you need a close relationship with God because you're leading your wife and you're leading your children. You're leading your family. I said, how often do you pray? He said, man, I, I, I've never prayed. I, I don't, I don't, pray. I, he said, I, I feel bad, but I mean, I, I said, I was trying to make, I was trying to help him. I'm like, well, do you, do you pray over your food with your children? No, we don't even do that. We don't, we don't, I just don't pray. I mean, I never was raised like that. I was, I was just raised in a certain religion and I did some certain things and I went through some rituals when I was a kid and I shook the preacher's hand and I gave my heart to God and, and then I walked away and I never went to church, I never prayed, I never read my Bible, I don't even know where to find any of the books that you're talking about. I, I mean, you can just name a book right now and be like, is that in here? I don't know. I don't know the books of the Bible. I don't, I don't, I, I've never read the instruction booklet for my life. You know, this is the instructions, men. We don't read instructions. We go put the swing set together. We're not going to read any instructions. Just show me the picture. Read the instructions. There's instructions in here. You do this, you get this. So don't be surprised because it's in here. And so I said, man, you've got to pray. You've got to talk to God. You've got to let God know you need Him. You need to call Him right now. Lord, I need you to live inside of me. Lord, live inside of me. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire and light me up in the name of Jesus. When we were kids, it was fun and it was cool to talk in code. And we would, I remember getting a cereal box and having a little code breaker thing you know I, I just ate some frosted flakes and I'm digging down in there and I'm, I'm like crunching all the cereal up and I'm trying to get that code breaker thing out of the bottom and I'm like sorry Todd sorry Carissa y'all gonna get arm hair out of this cereal because I gotta get that code thing out and I want to be able to see on the back of the box and work that code and it's like it's, you know I'm expecting some secret message and it's like be sure and drink orange juice and toast for a complete breakfast and I'm like that's the dumbest thing ever I wanted you to give me secret code to like where is the treasure at it's fun and it's cool when you're a kid and we speak in code and, and, and that was fun when we were kids but it's time to grow up when I thought as a child I did things as a child when, I, when, I'm, when I'm a child I, I do childish things but now it's time to grow up be a man of God. Be a woman of God. Read the instruction manual. Give my heart to Him completely. Quit relying on the wheel of grace. Need your grace. Need your grace. Need your grace. So grateful for grace. Grace has made, grace has made it to where I can just roll down the road. This road of life. You need deliverance. There's some of you, you've been needing deliverance from something for so long. It's just become a part of your life. And it's time 
to get away from this. Proverbs 3 and 5, lean not on your own understanding. Everyone please stand. We're about to be dismissed. I want you to, to hear me today when I say this. God's voice and His direction is not a code for you to have to decipher. You don't need a special tool. You don't need a special code-breaking tool to decipher what God is trying to say to you today. It is so simple. He is just simply saying it's clear, concise, and it's consistent. He says it to you all the time. He's saying it again today. He's saying, come. He's saying, come. Come to me. Give your heart to me completely and wholly, 100%. There's some of you who need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Let me just take the microphone and say this. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Stop delaying. The Bible says, why tarriest thou? Get in the water. Get baptized in the name of Jesus and give your heart to Him once and for all and get off the bicycle of grace and get on the motorcycle that's gas-powered, full of gas, running hard and heavy of deliverance. Pop a wheelie and ride like you know how to ride. That man right there, Miller Jenkins, has a bad-to-the-bone motorcycle. And you ask him, ask him on a nice day when it's about 55 degrees and the sun's out, Billy Kimbrell, different ones, and it's beautiful weather. And you say, hey, you want to go for a ride? There's something that's going to start stirring in him like, whoo. And you, what are they going to do? They're not going to go out to the garage and get their bicycle down the county road. No. He's fixing to go get on something that's powerful. It goes fast. And it brings actually a lot of joy. I will tell you this. I'm not trying to shrink God down to a motorcycle right now, but I tell you this. God wants to go fast. It's time for us to quit pedaling around and being miserable, sweating, and just being on a bicycle. I mean, literally, when you tap into the Holy Ghost, it's fast, it's joyful, it's powerful, and you can literally go places. You can take your family places in the Spirit. You can take your your family to higher heights and higher goals. And He's going to do something to somebody right now in the name of Jesus. attached to them. Put that picture back up there if you would. These men were called wind talkers. They were called the wind talkers. There's a movie about it. Go home after church today and look it up on Netflix and watch wind talkers. Today someone is in desperate need of a fresh wind. The wind of the Holy Spirit. You don't know it but you're in desperate need of a fresh wind and the best of wind of the Holy Spirit. So I'm calling you today. If you have been lost, you've been riding that bicycle of grace, 
and you're like, I don't, I'm just, I'm spinning my wheels. I can't ever seem to get anywhere. I don't know why I always seem so tormented. I don't know why I seem so depressed. I don't know why I always go back to the same sin. I don't know why I always just can't seem to get over this one thing in my life. I always, always, always just go back, go back. You need a fresh wind that is called the Holy Ghost. The Bible speaks of it time and time and time again in here. And he likens it like a wind. Let me tell you about the wind. You cannot see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. So when you see a man whose tears are streaming down his face, and his hands are going up, and he's being touched, it is the wind, it is the Spirit of God that is changing a heart of a man, of a woman who is so hard. And now they're saying, God, i got to have more of you. I need more of you. These altars are open. If that's you, come on up. Everybody, let's just open up the altar for everybody. And all in the touch of God.